As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The following podcast is being brought to you by the Defy Life Podcast Network. Welcome to Aftergate, powered by the Defy Life Network. Aftergate is a podcast series highlighting Colgate alum of color and their professional endeavors, Aftergate. Aftergate is hosted by myself, Alvin Glimp, a.k.a. Al, and Edwin Dubois, a.k.a. Jerry. We are doing Aftergate. Because Colgate University has produced innovators who change the world every day. Yet many alums of color and the mainstream Colgate community are unaware of the amazing accomplishments of alums of color. If you're into all things comics, you have to check out Take a Knee for Marvel vs. DC. Your go-to podcast for comic and superhero discussion, debates, polls, and more. Tune in as regular Scott and Ozzy Killmonger chat about your favorite comic topics, and you never know who may show up for an open mic or what will be next on their favorite, One Gotta Go. Take a knee for Marvel vs. DC, every Sunday, powered by the Defy Life Podcast Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Aftergate. We are here. We got an amazing guest. So, but first, let me shout out my co-host. What's up, Jerry? What's going on, sir? What's going on, baby? Nothing Checking in man. live from the MIA. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You doing good? Loving life, my brother. Loving life today yeah. was a good day. It was a good day, wasn't it? Beautiful in, day. In, in the famous words of the wise man, Ice Cube, today was a good day. Best day of my life. Best day of my life. <laughs> So I was thinking we could do kind of as a, we could do an icebreaker type question as another possible way to. For the guest or for us? For us. I see you have the Colgate questions. Like who was your favorite that professor? Could, that, oh, that could be dope. That could be um, dope. That could be something, could do, something about Colgate you wouldn't have known about us unless you was there. But every week. So go ahead. What's you, you come up with the Colgate question. Of the night. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Uh, okay. Of your four years at Colgate, um, what was your what what was your do you consider your best residential experience and why? And tell and tell us where you lived in the four years. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I had a great one. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. So, but well, go ahead. I mean, for, for, I wanted fresh, no, no, no. Freshman no, no. year, you were freshman year. You freshman were? was KD. Second no. year, La Casa. Next was which um, was on the hill, <laughs> and third year was down in Newell Apartments, and then Earlville. So okay, <laughs> so my favorite out of those four would be without a doubt. It could just now, be the give me a memorable moment in one of those. Ooh. If you don't want to say your favorite, because it's hard. You probably had highlights in had every year for different reasons. Every year, you know. Um, so my most memorable moment would probably be but see you know i'm i don't wanna um well you overthinking bro your clock's running no 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 i know my clock's running right 30 <laughs> seconds i would say my most memorable moment would would definitely be the birthday parties in newell where <laughs> we were getting um pretty uh drunk and we nice. would get, we would get nice we burnt we would um, bake a birthday cake only to then have cake fights. And I remember a night where we were so intoxicated that 
we were we had a blue flame burning on top of a table and we were speaking a coffee table and we were speaking in martian and people (laughs) actually understood each other (laughs) yeah uh so that was mine that was mine so now let's hear yours what's your what's your favorite so freshman year i was in a double suite at hrc Um, Uh second year i was in a single room at in the hrc suite Mm-hmm. Third year, Newell Apartments with mm-hmm. uh, yours truly, Brother Glyph. And then fourth year, Earlville, um, town of Earlville, we rented a house out there. Um, and I would say they were different in several memorable uh, residential experiences. Um, but I'm going to say one of my earlier ones was one that the fact that I still remember to this day was pretty impactful. Um, this is back in the day when I used to receive Sports Illustrated subscription. And I remember taking the swimsuit edition of the Sports Illustrated edition and plastering all of the images on my door of HRC in the dorm. I'm sure and that I, didn't go too well. Not at all. Uh, I had my RA and the head resident person that oversees the RAs come to my door, both sisters, upperclassmen, um, break it down to me as to how insulting and oppressive my images of women in swimwear were on the door. But they did it with such a maternal scolding as if to be like, we know you've been lost in the, in the wild. We're going to bring you home, young man, and, and, and teach you. And, and that stayed with me. And I know that I take the photos down, but it just changed the way I went about um, this idea of objectification and subject of, of women that I really wasn't realizing that I was doing because I was just coming out of the Bronx and 17 year old with hormones and happy to be out from underneath my parents' watch and thinking I was about to wild out. And they were like, uh-uh, not in this dorm. It's not going to happen. And not so, in this dorm. Uh, You're going to learn uh, today. So shout out to Carla Beckford, shout out to Holly. Uh, there was probably a couple more Angel Kelly, all, all, all these big sisters of mine who, who broke it down for me. And, uh, that was definitely my, and that was in my first, that was fall semester freshman year. So uh, that, that stuck with me. That's, that was memorable. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so without further ado, right. I'm just jumping right in there. Cause we all lathered up. You know, I feel like we done been in the locker room. We done, we're like, pregame, pregame. Let's go. Let's get on in there. So we got. Mr. Troy Kemp, uh, is it okay if I call you TK? Because I'm, yes, I'm a creature Let's of habit. It, man, we home now, man. Let's do it. I'm a creature <laughs> of habit, TK. So I'm gonna call you TK. So life is what it is, man. But you know, I think now, you know, given the fact that we have a social network and everything else, you get to be more aware of what everybody's out there doing in the world. And um, I'm amazed at all the seeds that Colgate sown. Right, first of all, finding the people. And everybody, no matter what your role was at the school, you're like, ah, he ain't nothing, or he's something, or he's she, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're looking up, and people moving, changing the world in their own way. And everybody is, not just one person. Like, everybody doing things, man. So, you know, I'm down with y'all, man. Let's see what we do. You could you could be our official aftergate commercial. No, listen, promo. you truly captured the essence of our show right there. You but get that, it. But that, get up, it. Right? But isn't that true? Like, and, and, you know, a lot of everybody had their versions of challenges. There ain't any of us who hadn't had some of that, but we all, you know, have different stories. And it's nice that y'all bringing them to life because there are a lot of people who walk right past us, even folks that knew each other, but didn't really know each other. Exactly. Right? And so, we're trying to change that. Yeah. And even, and even on a, on, a, on a greater scale, I mean, all the people that walk through Colgate's campus that we don't know, that they weren't there when we were there and being able to hear about that greatness um, right. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing because I think back to, you know, if Colgate was rough when I was there from 87 to 91, what would that have been like when Diane Jaconi was there? In the, in, you, when you, you feel me, man? And, and when <laughs> and we went back, like, and we, even when we had that Zoom call with all the different people on there, mm-hmm. and seeing those layers and seeing some of the pioneers that, you know, mm-hmm. some of the stuff they did and they've been next generation benefited, but every, mm-hmm. every generation has its own challenges, but more importantly, Look, Colgate, if they're smart about it, they choose people that they know. For example, you know you're going to buy a coat if it get cold. I don't care if you're from Miami, right? You know how to <laughs> adapt. There's a word, there's a word in um that's called um that I learned about when I went to grad school at um at Vanderbilt. And it was something that I think is a lot of our superpower, but we didn't recognize what it was, or maybe we didn't have a praise for it. And it's called adaptive capacity. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. adaptive capacity. That's what Colgate gives you. It gives you adaptive capacity because it gives you the ability <laughs> to see clarity in the middle of chaos. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think any good educational experience or any good experience, even a great parent tries to help their child increase their adaptive capacity because the world, um, there's a term called VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Those, those, that term explains the world. The world is volatile, it's complex, it's ambiguous, it's uncertain. And the people who thrive are the ones who can still have a vision in the middle of that, but you, get, you gotta train yourself for that. So um, it's an honor to have you on here. You are a, a brother that we've known since we were there. We went to school, we overlapped. You were a year ahead of us, I believe. Yeah, you graduated I was 80, in- 86 to 90. Okay, so you graduated in 90, so you were a year ahead of us. Uh, student athlete, um, but since then have done some amazing things. But I want to just jump right into what I am um, immediately impressed as we've kind of got into this conversation was that you are someone who quickly got the purpose and reason that we are doing after gate. So um, I just want to allow you just a second to just talk about from your perspective, how do you see the value of showcasing, highlighting alumni, alumni of color, what this could do? Um, thank you for, thank, first of all, thank you all for inviting me. Um, I'm always honored to have an opportunity to share some things. When I was younger, people used to say, you talk too much. You know, now I talk for a living, right? So that means you got something to say. We all have something to say. Yes. And, I, and I think, honestly, you know, people respond best to stories. You can give them all the information in the world, but when you give them a story, you give them context, right? And you make it real and you make it human. And I think that the, the power of this after gate for me, first of all, you know, sometimes you can't see the purpose of something until you get to the balcony. And we're, mm-hmm. at, and we're at Colgate, we're on the dance floor, right? And yes. we're like, ain't no space. This place is crowded. And <laughs> on the balcony, you see the space and you see the opportunity. And mm. I think what has happened is when I had an opportunity to zoom out and look at my, my career at Colgate and my past and how it prepared me to do certain things, I realized that, you know, you gotta have people who've been on the balcony talking to the people who are on the dance floor or even the people who are on their way to the dance. And I think that this Aftergate thing shows the magnitude, the power uh, when you talk about volume, right? If you're talking about one story, you're talking about that's the exception. When you talk about multiple stories, you talk about that's the rule. And I think for this, you're able to illustrate the rule of what's possible when you leverage something like an education at Colgate and you look at things that might be painful and create purpose from them. So this narrative that we're sharing together is really about weaving this tapestry so somebody can see the full blanket, not just one thread, on how the Colgate experience, why they chose us. Because now you see the reason why they chose us, the reason why we're on this podcast. We're creating fire. Some people send fires, some people put out fires. But the ones who change the world are the ones who know how to make fire and create fire. We're creating fire. And that's what Colgate found in us. So let's make some fire together, brothers. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do yes, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, well, well I, I love the, the, the reference to context because I, I really believe that that's oftentimes a missed variable in, in the art of teaching, in the art of learning. It's the difference between when young people leave the classroom and they get what you were trying to teach because they can relate. And it's usually the context that they could relate to. Um, with that being said, for the context of, of, of those who did not know the illustrious TK, you know, funny, either during Colgate <laughs> or, or, or post Colgate, um, let's just let's just take us back a little bit. What what was going on in the world at that time that could have been influential to TK going to Colgate to what was happening during Colgate? What was what was in the context of the world, the society, our nation happening that played into uh, your four-year tenure there? Um, well, first of all, your personal life, right? You know, there's a, there's a what's going on in the world. And honest truth is, I'll be honest with you, man, I was pretty apathetic about a lot of things that were happening in the world because, you know, I remember when the president used to come on television and whatever, I turned turn the TV off. I was like, he ain't talking to me because no matter who the president is, the pain is still down on the ground floor here. So I was literally not as invested in how to create change. I was just a victim kind of in some ways. I felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I had the opportunity to attend Colgate, you know, first of all, my guidance counselor saw something in me that I didn't see it myself. And so what was happening in the world was, how do you change things forever? Not temporarily. How do I make sure that my kids and my kids' kids, and even people that are not in my immediate family, the people who I'm around, that they see the world a little differently? Well, first of all, I got to see, I got to get to the balcony. 
I got to see things differently. So, so my, even my choice to go to Colgate versus some other schools, I wanted and instead of an or school, I wanted and, and was, I wanted to play a high level of football and get a very, very uh, great reputable education. That's going to put a sticker on me like a NASCAR driver to say I'm certified <laughs> because a lot of people are going to look at you by the color of your skin and say, not this person. But when they see the Colgate, they said, well, let me take one more look at least. Right. And so I needed that. And then the other thing is I wanted to be, become fluid in a different language, mm. the language of wealth and the language of, of privilege and the language of this. It doesn't mean I got to stay there. It just means I need to understand because everybody's mm. got a story, no matter which direction you're telling it from. And so for me, what was going on in the world was a lot of pain in my world. You know, we, you know, I came in 86 to 90, you know, that's when do the right thing dropped out <laughs> there. You know, and, and and things like that, when they were showing the struggle that was going on in various areas, a big misunderstanding. I mean, I almost died one night because somebody was the color of my skin. Mm. Right? And I wasn't even part of it. I just showed up at the wrong time for some drama that happened the week before. So mm. I personally saw it. It's like, why would you go to a school that's predominantly right, white, predominantly prep school, predominantly the opposite of you? Because I know this life, man. I know these back roads and woods. I don't need a map for this. I need to get a map for the rest of this thing because this world is much bigger than Riverhead, New York. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So because I want to do, I want to have access to all of it. Is so, that where you're from? Riverhead? I'm from Riverhead. Yeah. Long Island, man. You know what that is? Way. Yeah. Actually. Right. Actually. <laughs> it's near Calverton Cemetery. Yes. Our father's buried there. That's how I know. Oh, my gosh. What's up? The military cemetery. That's why I know Riverhead. You know what I mean? And and I was a migrant worker growing up, man. I picked I picked peppers and tomatoes, man. People didn't know that, you know, at Colgate, they would have never guessed that somebody used to pick the produce that people are eating at Colgate was Mm. out there, was in Mm. the midst of all those people. And so, you know, I'm thankful for that. Mm. But again, man, you know, people learn Spanish, Spanish, French and all that. I needed to learn a different language. So did you did you appreciate that? aspect of Colgate before you attended like that this was that school where you could learn the language of wealth and privilege did you know about it before you went up there yeah so I wasn't shocked by it first of all here's the deal you got to feel like you belong they people they say you you know you got to feel comfortable somewhere before you come feel comfortable everywhere mm-hmm. and so when I rolled into Colgate I already knew what I was going to deal with because in my high school when you're in the honors classes and the AP classes you're 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 oftentimes unless you go to predominantly black and brown school you're going to be one of the few it was it was three of us who kind of and then sometimes it was only one of us in the class right depending on the mm-hmm. subject mm-hmm. and so i already i was comfortable with all kinds of people but i didn't know wealthy people to that level mm-hmm. right i didn't know people that was solely totally insulated from certain things and people that already knew what was coming next my goal for graduating colgate was not to live at my mama's house and to have a child I didn't even know what it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be going back home. Love my mama. But it was a different mission like that I had. It was it was sort of a different goal. So, um, yeah, I went into it head first because I knew that that the discomfort would be there. And I knew that it. But honestly, it couldn't have been none with no worse than what I lived in my life. So my adaptive capacity, I was already at a place because, look, dude, I use they talk about the outhouse. 
And then the internal plumbing, I used the night pot, the little pot thing that you had to carry to the outhouse, bro. And word. in the summers, man. Yeah, so I'm like, yo, man, people don't understand that, that you know, it's blue collar, there's white collar, then there's brown collar, bro. I was out there in the brown collar job, man. Let's rock it. <laughs> but that's okay, man, because I was it is, ready. It is. It's everybody's story. Everybody has a different right. story. I was kind of elastic when, it, when I got there, man. So I was like, no pain, no gain. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So tell us about your time while you were there. Like, what was life like for TK, student athlete, coming from Riverhead? Right. Give us a sense of what your journey was like at COVID. What did you accomplish? Yeah, so the first part about the journey, playing college football was helpful because I got to, to be there before all the students got there. So I had sort of a family there uh, before I had, you know, to figure out where I fit in the 2,700 students. So I, all I had to fit is in the, in the, in the 60 to 100 first. And so I knew that I had position. Then I had guys like Kenny Gamble and, and Spice and Juan and, and Tony Horn, guys like that who um, were my friends before I even, I had no, I ain't need anymore, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up, Mike grew up. I got about four guys. I'm good. You know what I mean? And, but, and, and, and those weren't just your regular four guys on Kogan's campus either. Were, right. were, right, right. So they knew that, <laughs> right. Like Kenny Gamble was like, you know, he was like, you got, you know, you got a Hall of Famer right there. But the point being is they were helping, they were the navigators. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, unfortunately, some students came there without navigators, mm -hmm. like personal navigators. You could have like a dean or a faculty member, but I'm talking about an older student who showed you how to navigate all of it, the whole mm -hmm. map, right? Correct. And, Correct. And, and I think so my career at Colgate was about, you know, one, trying to figure out, I came in as a pre-med major. I thought I'd be a doctor. And I, and I looked at all that and I started doing that. And then I found out how much those books cost. I ain't going to lie to you. I got, <laughs> I didn't have to pay for school, but I had to pay for my books. And I couldn't even afford the books. I don't know if anybody knew that. I could not afford all of my books. So I bought the math book first, right? <laughs> and I had more credits in math than anything else. And so I ended up being a math major. And, and, and I bought whatever books I could and borrowed the other ones and just faked it till I made it through something. And I barely made it through a couple classes early because I, I, I just even could have, couldn't afford to be a student there past the tuition and, 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 and the dining hall. So, mm -hmm. so, so I don't think everybody understands that there's other monies that needed to, to be mm -hmm. in that school. And it's not just to go out and drink or something. Cause that wasn't even part of my budget. Right. Um, but yeah, I ended up being a math major and I was almost an art minor, but I didn't take art history. So I took every other art course, every single studio. That's what a lot of people don't realize. I was big into drawing and painting and motion picture production. Wow. Never so, knew that. Yeah, man. And, and, and put my job now, I do a lot of design. Like when I do presentations on my slides, like, how do you make those? That's fun for me, man. I tell, I think in terms of pictures, I literally do. So yeah, I had a, I honestly, there was the only tension points at Colgate for me was the end of the first semester when I thought I was going to fail out. Hmm. Cause I literally, I, I didn't read enough for real in high school to be prepared for the volume of reading that I had at Colgate. Then I also didn't realize that you only have one or two assignments per semester. So if you mess up that first one, it can get real for you on the back end. And I literally packed all of my stuff after at Christmas break and I loaded up my car, all of my stuff. I had a footlocker, a lamp and a blanket. That's all I had. Mm -hmm. And I packed <laughs> it up at old beat up car. I pulled it up to KED and I packed it up because I overslept for my um, science exam. And I said, I'm done. I'm going home. And I was the Messiah, bro. In my neighborhood, in my family, in my town, I was the one who was going to be the president of the United States without a doubt. And I had failed everybody in my mind. Hmm. And I said, I got to go home with tears in my eyes. I probably won't even drive home. I don't even can't go back to my mom's house. Everybody in my family, they're counting on me. Am I going to fail out of this school because I was neglectful or wasn't prepared? That was scary for me. And fortunately, the guy let me take the exam. The, the dean talked to the teacher because he had said no. She let me go back and take it. I, I got a, I had a 2.1 that first semester, man. And I was so thankful and I never looked back from then. But so that was a struggle. Mm -hmm. Socially, it was a challenge because you know, when you play football, you got a stigma of the football players are like this. Mm -hmm. And then the black people are like that. Mm -hmm. And then the athlete like this. So I was, it was like people were trying to put me in a box. And I was like, I ain't in nobody's box, man. This world is tough enough without trying to marginalize yourself. Why, why are we marginalizing each other? Mm -hmm. Feel me? So, so for me, I was kind of the guy that was kind of Switzerland. I remember I had a party. We had a party my junior year. And the people who were at our party, a house party, there were people in that room who never saw each other at that school. But they had the best time together. And so I've always been a connector with, I don't care what you look like and where you come from, rich, poor, black, white. I, it don't, I don't ride like that because... There's too much other stuff out here that's trying to affect us all to, to, to focus on. So for me, 
that was my my ride and my journey through. So academic adjustment, socially, I had to just, it was other people's problems, not mine. And then, you know, graduating out of there, man, I didn't have anybody come to visit me, move me in and nothing. My mama showed up, first time she ever seen school was she brought me some long johns and gave me $20, October 30, October something, my freshman year. And the next time she came up there was when I was walking across the stage. Hello. Feel me? And a yeah, lot of people you. that, right? You know, whatever. So yeah, man, a lot of people don't realize, man, I had food stamps up there, man, at one point. People didn't know that. Come on, man. Wow. How you going to spend food stamps in the store and have some Colgate person roll up? <laughs> Puerto Rican, Dominican, what you want? I, I, I had my food stamps and I was ready to get my stuff. And somebody walked by the register. I pushed my cart up way down the corner and took off out of the store, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a lot. It's That's a lot. real. That is real. That's I'm real. just That's trying real. to give you the real. So that was TK on the front end, man. And I, so I was thankful, graduated as a math major. And I had okay. a job, right? I had a job and I had, I didn't, I was going to make that much. I traded significance for success in some ways. You um, had a job on campus or you talk about after? No, after. So I did okay. internships when I was there. That was one thing. I did internships in advertising. I did internships in um, computer consulting. Okay. Um, uh, I did those two. And then I worked every summer. And then I had a job offered by that advertising agency and a computer consultant. And then I had some sales jobs. And then there was teaching, which I was like, I ain't never doing that. You can't make no money. But once I visited the school, it was one school. I said, I got time to visit one. And I loved it more than I loved everything else. And I was like, look, I've been broke before. I can do this, <laughs> right? I said, I can do this. My mom was like, what are you turning down Procter & Gamble for? I said, man, Procter & Gamble ain't in my heart right now. I said, mama, you know, in two years, I can go back and, and apply for the same job. If I, I'll be better then than I am now. And she was like, it's your life, buddy. And I literally got a roommate and barely made it my first year out of college because I just, I was like, those kids, man, I just felt like, man, I want to be the teacher I never had. I want to be the coach I never had or the best of the ones that I had. I want to put them all together and be that person. Wow. 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 So before we get too far into after the, the life after Colgate, post when you post gate, after gate, <laughs> when you look back at your time at Colgate, anything you miss? Um, well, you, you know, what you do is you find it. If you don't, if you miss it there, you know, there's a statement called when the lights go out. So when those lights go out in the stadium, you know, I missed the ball mm. playing football. Mm. I got hurt my senior year and I honestly was finally figured it out. I was a late bloomer. And when I finally figured out my senior year, I was the best football player that I had ever been. And one of the best in the whole program. And probably if I had a red shirt my senior year and played one more year, who knows what would happened. So, you know, you got that piece in there, but I mm -hmm. was balling finally, like one of the ones that was one of the ones. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, but I missed that, uh, camaraderie and that team. And, but what I did is I found it in my job. I was coaching football. I even coached lacrosse, which I had never played. Right. <laughs> but I, but it's a team and right, culture, right. it's about culture, man. It ain't about the game. It's about, it's about the information you need to know. And it's about the culture and keep getting better yourself. Stay ahead mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. So I missed it, but I found it. Right. And that's what we all do. We find it in our various ways. And so I've always been happy with my life in terms of what I've done as an, as a work, as in the workplace, because what I missed from Colgate, I was able to find it being artistic. When you're a teacher, you get to create what's next all the time. You create fire every day. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, I miss my people, right? My friends, my closest friends. And since, since the COVID, you know, we've been zooming each other pretty regularly and stuff. So I've been to see them and, you know, we had soul patrol, you know, reunion every now and then. Soul but, Patrol. Yeah, man. But you know, and of course you miss the freedom of being in college where you don't have the responsibilities that you have in life. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, outside of that, um, that's really what I missed, you know, okay. relationships, um, but then just that team, you know. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So this episode is sponsored by Hope Murals. Hope Murals is a nonprofit that provides adolescent youth with an interactive experience of creative expression via an urban arts platform that stimulates both mental and physical development. Please visit their website at www.hopemurals.org to learn more and find ways you can support the work they do. Welcome back. Uh, definitely want to give a good shout out to our sponsor, Hope Murals. Definitely appreciate the 
efforts that y'all are doing. Uh, before we dive into our next question, Jerry, let me just make sure we get this in. Um, you can find this show and many other dope shows on the Defy Life Network podcast hub, www.defylifepods.com. Also find us at your favorite podcast streaming services, particularly Spreaker for right now. And you can find a lot of written content at www.godefylife.com, as well as the branded apparel at defylifegear.com. All right, Jerry, take it from there. So uh, we always like to engage our guests in some worldly thinking and, and take it sort of out of the context of, of, of Hamilton, New York, and Colgate. But um, we're curious to know, you know, you're an educated, motivational speaker, worldly views. What's your take on the debate around critical race theory that's going on in our country right now? Uh, our viewers want to know. Well, you know, it's like anything else. Um, I think it's all about... I think people, you can talk about, different people can talk about the very same thing and the folks in the audience will feel differently about it, right? You can lean over somebody and talk to them or you can lean back and talk to somebody. You can sit beside them and talk to somebody. And I think sometimes the way, you know, critical race theory, um, the, the, the thing that makes it very difficult for some people to, um, the people who oppose it most is the zero sum game piece. It's if you win, I lose. If this happened, then I'm, I got to feel bad. I got to feel shame. I got to feel whatever. And so I'm pushing back on this because everything's perfect in this world right now. From my perspective, why are you digging up stuff? Or why is it that you want to blame a system for the fact that there are um, fewer homeowners? There's a lower, lower um, um, uh, uh, compensation for certain jobs. There are fewer opportunities. Look, at the end of the day, I guess... You know, for me, I think any information is going to help us get better. It's probably it's part of the reason why we have um, challenges um, that, that we have. Fear. Fear is the greatest motivator, right? It's the, it's the strongest emotion, and the fear of unknown is the greatest fear. And part of this is there are things that my child doesn't know that I don't need. I need to be the one to tell them, or, or maybe they don't need to know about this because they are living a happy life right now. I'm going to disrupt my child. But unfortunately, there's some kids getting disrupted every day because of things that happened 100 years ago, 400 years ago and beyond. There's trauma that I have that I'm dealing with, the way I react to certain things that have happened generations ago that, have, that I've inherited traits and characteristics. And I survive a certain way, which makes me unlikely to be the right match for certain situations. And I can't even control it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's really interesting. I live in the state of Georgia, gentlemen. And in the state of Georgia, there are laws being passed right and left that will prevent certain things from happening and create opportunities for other things to happen. And the people who make the laws are the ones who have power. Mm-hmm. It's like if you work in an organization and you are the CEO, you get to determine how much effort you're going to make in terms of the type of people you hire. If I'm a black woman as a CEO, there's a very good chance I might have more black women on my staff or people of color. If I'm a black man, if I'm a person of color, 
why is it that, that the organizations that are led by people of color or have high uh, or have people on the board that have a high percentage of people of color are more diverse than the ones that don't? Because the network is the way it works. 80% of jobs are by referral. So there's a referral engine on one side that controls economics. And then there are systemic things and laws that separate people and, and create more opportunity over here and less over here that protects certain things and has for the longest time, right? Why is there so much work being done to move highways in the, you know, you look at um, Bruce's Beach in Manhattan Beach where, where you talked about eminent domain where they were able to take this property from folks right here. Now Manhattan Beach, that property's worth $75 million and they gave them $1,500 for it. Well, way back in the day, what was that worth? It wasn't worth 75 million. Hell no. And I can do it because I make the rules. So again, it's not the player, it's the person that designed the game that makes the experience of the players what it is. So an in-game critical race theory is about understanding how the game was designed, the game of life. Because no matter how you play in it, you know, there's only certain moves that a, that a pawn can make mm. on a chessboard. Mm. The king can make certain moves and the queen can make certain moves, but a pawn can only move a certain way. So the chess was designed that way. So life, if you make the metaphor and think about chess, hey man, I want to move like a queen or a king. Mm -hmm. Or you a pawn, G. Mm -hmm. That's how this thing went. And so don't blame the pawn for not only for moving one square at a time and moving only in one direction at a time. So again, you know, this is not about trying to jump on anybody that, but let's just be a hundred, man. If you, if you think about it, like you think about chess, it becomes pretty clear that, you know, knowledge is power, even knowledge that's, that's painful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said, well said, appreciate your take. Yes, um, so want to get some insight. Cause again, the true essence of this is to allow the listeners, the people who are indulging in Aftergate to get a sense of what is life been like for you from a professional sense after Colgate. So as we, as you walk us to who you are now, right. give us a sense of who you've been. What's that journey been like in the different phases from when you graduate Colgate to being a leader over at Ryan Clark? Well, let me tell you the first thing. I think the thing that probably transformed my life the most was in uh, August 17th, 1991, my son was born. Mm. I graduated from Colgate in June of 1990. Wow. The math. So, you know, people ask when the boys become men, you know, it, there's no particular age. I mean, there used to be a rite of passage back in the day, but I think when, when I knew that my life was not my own officially and that it was time to take care of somebody that was completely vulnerable and it wasn't their responsibility for being here and their their choice to be here and that I need to become a man right now and it's to do what you want to do what you got to do versus do what you want to time in your life now when they merge you're lucky I'm in to do what I love to do but do what I have to do at the same time right so job enjoy career mm -hmm. and calling they merged for me but point being is when I took that job as an educator back in 1990 I never thought I would have to be responsible for anybody <laughs> but myself for a while so growing up fast, man, I went from the right lane to the left lane on the eight lane, eight lane highway, man. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was in the HOV because I was carrying somebody with me, right? So, so, so going in, working at a Quaker school, friend school, worked there first part. Um, and then when my son was born, you know, married, all this. And so I said, all right, man, um, I can't live on this. This is not being responsible. So that's when I looked, using this educational resources group, um, going out and said, let me look around the country. If I'm gonna do this education thing, I like it, but I can't live off of it. And that's how I ended up finding Macaulay School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. They had housing, you know, the all boy thing was new to me, but I will tell you this gentlemen, it was the first time that I walked into a classroom. And when I asked a question, cause I had to do a demonstration lesson, everybody raised their hand every time. And I didn't see anybody falling back and posturing and trying to be this way and that way. They were like, we want to be in it to win it. I said, this looks like football practice. This is like basketball practice. Why do they feel this way? Because they feel like they belong in there and they feel like they weren't trying to get any cool points. They left the social part outside and said, let's focus on the inside. Not saying everybody needs to be in that environment, but they did, or at mm -hmm. least they felt free. And I said, all right, I can ride with this. And when I went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, from, now that you have to understand, man, from Long Island, living in yeah. Delaware, going to Chattanooga, it was like, man, I'm, I'm going to walk right into the race riots down here. Hello. Um, but on that campus, you know, people treated each other with a lot of respect and it was real. 
And so I went down there. So I've been down there two years. But then what happened is I continued to, they continued to provide opportunities for me to, to grow. That's the part when people say, why did you come somewhere? Why did you go somewhere? And why did you stay? If you mm -hmm. feel like you're growing, then you're feeding your soul too, right? Not just your family. Mm -hmm. So I was able to grow from being an educator, a teacher, coach, dorm parent, coach lacrosse, which I never thought. But I said, we're going to get good at it. And we end up developing a national level program because you know what you do? You, it's like what you do in the refrigerator when you don't have nothing to eat. You just put together stuff you got and it tastes pretty good if you season it right. So <laughs> I learned to do that, right? So did that. Um, and then right around, you know, people will come for you. If you're a black man teaching math in a private school and somebody finds out about you, they're going to be like, hey, man, I need you in my spot because we don't have any diversity and we really like what you're doing. So people came for me a few times. But in my school, the good part is I never asked for a raise and I never asked for a new position. They tapped me on the shoulder in 2005 to become the dean of admission and financial aid. So I was controlling, a, at the time, $3 million budget and the staff of 14 people who were already in admissions, they pulled me out of the classroom to do it. And the reason why they did it is there was a moment when, it was a tough moment where some guys were drinking on a bus when I was traveling. And I did the institutional thing instead of the personal thing and how I reacted to them. Mm. And they were like, this brother ready right now. Cause you know how they judge you when you do something at your worst hour. So at my worst hour, I was more like a instant, like I thought big picture. I got to mm -hmm. on my worst hour and they were like, this brother got to be ready. Now it's time for him to do something different before we lose him. So I was a dean of admission. I controlled the gateway. Who's coming into school, the process, the people got to hire my whole team over time. And then the budget ended up being $7 million. So you got a brother in charge of $7 million being the primary spokesperson for the school. And then they moved me to the associate head of school for all marketing and enrollment. So here I am at a private school in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Been there 27 years, got to be the voice. Wow. And they, and they allowed me, man, I spoke to alumni because the head of school couldn't go in Mississippi, bro. <laughs> I said, man, you know, I was scared to death. I said, man, that's <laughs> and, and so when I went out to Mississippi, but them people, man, they showed me so much love, man. Mm -hmm. Right? Because again, I was part of the school, blah, blah, blah. But also they were just good people. Look, man, no matter where you go, there's great people and there's horrible people. Amen. Right. Amen. So long story short, did that. And then what happened is when I was on the road, you challenged me to, to increase enrollment. I didn't want to talk about the school anymore. I said, let's talk about these families. Let's talk about what they care about, their sons. So become an expert on boys, really. What do boys need that you may not recognize through research, but also the patterns you've seen over 20 something years? Mm -hmm. So we came up with understanding boys. So I went around the country speaking on understanding boys. What do every parent need to know? so that they're not misunderstood, so they don't misbehave. Because mm -hmm. if 90% of discipline problems are boys or the people who identify as male when they first are born, right? Why is 90% of the principal's office full of them? Why do you have the alternative schools presented mostly males? Look at the prisons, look at adjudicated youth. 85% of incarcerated youth are male. So the question mm -hmm. is, we can play defense and lock them up. We can play offense and figure out how to treat them differently and understand them, just like any child you, you raise so that they can if you're, if you're, if you're understood, then you may people use what I call more Tai Chi and less Kung Fu when it comes to raising them and teaching them. Mm. So I spent my work, we created that message. Then we said, let's create a national center and let's, let's now, you know, yeah, this private school is one thing, but let's have a public purpose. I was that kid lived across the street, not the kid that lived on this sod and this turf over here. So how do we help the people across the street? Cause that's where I'm from. So it allowed me to serve people in this private school community, but also get out there in the public school community and the community at large where the pain really is 24 seven. And now because I ate the, the, the government cheese, I could talk to the people who got the rice and peanut butter the same way as I could talk to the people who live in the penthouse. So mm -hmm. it, for me personally, it allowed me to, to, to serve because that's what I am ultimately, man. Listen, I'm gonna wake up in the morning. If I can help somebody get better at something, I had a good day for real. Right. So, so for me played that. And then now after doing that, for like four years running that organization, the Ron Clark Academy, it works with students and transformative education for students, but also revolutionizing education on really making it exciting and innovative and so forth. And now I have an international platform in which to help the kids on campus again, but also when you have, you know, 80,000 educators coming to campus to, to learn about how to get better at getting better in their classroom and how to connect with students. And I can be a part of it. And my specialty is when you're dealing with those boys, how do we make sure we turn up that way? But also on my coaching says, how do you create a winning environment in any classroom, no matter what it looks like? Dude, 
That's like, how do I, how does it get any better than that? So for me, yeah, I started my company, TroyKempSpeaks.com, because, you know, you talk on campus, but they want you to come, you know, my whole summer is full of travel where I get to speak in different states about how do you create, how do you win by design versus by accident? Mm. So I'm at right now, man. I mean, I know it happened fast right there, but I had to <laughs> push through it on it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. it. That's it. And um, honestly, um, as we listen to your story, as we listen to your words, you are an, an example of why we're doing this. Because, you know, one, we're learning things. Again, we overlap three years on campus. Right. Yet, we're learning things about each other and hearing things about your experience that never knew, you know what I mean? And right. I think that's part of why we're doing this. And hopefully we can model for students who are listening that, you know what, it is a um, be broader and who you engage with and your willingness to share, be vulnerable and then engage in others. So I think that's part of a great reason why we're doing it. But I think also hearing what you've accomplished to, to many will be kind of eye-opening because many have no idea that this is what Troy Kemp has been doing, changing the lives of thousands of kids and families and their trajectories as they go forward in their future. So um, and, for, and, and we got three said, educators, and, three and, and educators. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you say you gave two points. I'm gonna just saying you thank you. I'm gonna give you a third because although we may not have had much interaction on campus because we stood out on campus, you know, we may not have known each other, but we knew of each other. And now we right. fast forward 30 plus years, 35 years. And to, to our, what Alvin was alluding to, we got three educators right now who have right. who have impacted the world in different lanes, in different cities, in different ways. And the, the ridiculous synergy that right. can happen right now with three different paths ending up on this same master highway to impact lives, to work with young men, to, to, to change the world. Um, and our only common trait was Hamilton, New York for three years. It's pretty remarkable. I don't think we could have scripted that. Yeah, but you know what I'm thinking about? So let's just figure out where the learning opportunity is in this, right? One, people will listen to the stories that you share right? And people that people share. So you look at, they'll grab their nuggets from it. What did I learn? What's that one thing that I picked up that could take me, but also you learn that it's possible. The other thing is, okay, why do you have to wait till you're 40 something or 50 years old to have this conversation? Where, where is its place when they're on campus or before campus? You know, what, what, what prevented us from knowing each other better? And, and I personally think, I personally think this, this is my, my, my thoughts is that we were so busy trying to survive in our own space that we weren't going to show up and, 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 and Alvin, you said, you said vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Who in this world was ready to be vulnerable mm -hmm. at 18, 19, 20, 21? It, because that just meant, you know, that's how we got here in the first place is not being vulnerable. And we had to put our heads down. You know, you think I want, didn't want to hang out with some people at school when I was in high school? I was like, man, I got to get up out of Riverhead. I love Riverhead, but I got to get up out of here. And if I got to do it like this to get out, if I got to sing my way out of there, if yeah. I got to draw my way out, whatever I need to do to get to another place where I can get to this balcony where I can help some people and I can see this world and this life differently. So again, you know, it may have taken us a little while to get to the balcony. So the question is, how do we take this knowledge that we have right now and help them young ones get to the balcony sooner? Correct. So they Correct. can see that experience and get everything they can out of it. While is on campus, which right. I really think when I look back, uh, in terms of why it didn't happen is it's part of it is us because I think the lack of being vulnerable but I think to your point that's normal right that that's the normal expectation of 17 18 19 20 year olds they don't understand big picture that this is something that will be beneficial as you go forward so therefore I think the a lot of the responsibility then would rest in the institution in terms of the type of intentional support and intervention that they provide, not just students of color, but all of the students on campus and right. then help them help all of the students understand that, listen, you all will be better right. while on campus. And once you get off campus, if you take time to engage each other, communicate each other and learn from each other. Right. But it's, if you said the word intention, and, and, and that's where I'm at. And, and honestly, you know, my last little post on social media was about being intentional. And, and it, it literally is, is it a part of your system 
Or is it just, you just happen to have a champion that shows up on campus in the terms of a dean that goes, we're going we gonna to make it work for these kids. Then that dean leaves. Now you're back to square one. Mm-hmm. Or did mm-hmm. you say systemically, just like you do orientation, just like mm-hmm. you do onboarding in businesses, they have a system that says these these new people coming into to Disney or Discovery, whatever. My daughter, she just got a job at Discovery Network, right? And so literally they have a process to get her up to speed before she starts working for them. And I, I didn't go to school in the summer up at Colgate. So I missed that whole crew and calls and the hookup right there. <laughs> right, right. But right. when I came in, but imagine if I came in without football and without that. I might have a different thing talk, I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is which is a perfect transition. Uh, in hindsight now, what would you tell, what would how would you advise uh, uh let's say a, a 17, 18 year old TK coming into Colgate, what would you advise a 21 year old TK leaving Colgate uh, with what you know now in life? Well, the first thing I would tell the youngest version of myself is that, you know, um, you're in the big leagues <laughs> and, and, and you probably could take some time to connect with some people before you got there to find out where, what would you do differently if you could do your freshman year over? Mm-hmm. So when you come in, you could say, this is where the pitfall, this is something that I didn't, take it seriously because I relied too much on my GPA and my test scores from high school. I mean, I was, I had the numbers. If you saw my stuff, man, this is the guy, but that thing was gold plated instead of solid gold in some way. Right. Um, And so I I would say that piece. um, And then as I went along, what I would say is, you know, um, I got better. The 17 year old, I would say, you know, come up with, with a routine, you know, to do things and get them done. Cause freedom is the number one, detriment the number one challenge in college is freedom you know now you got to say no to yourself instead of your mama saying it or somebody else saying so so being able to be responsible with that freedom which means create your own system of how you get up you know look my first semester i scheduled 130 classes my second semester everything was eight o'clock and nine o'clock i learned don't do them afternoon classes you're gonna be sleeping there and you're gonna whatever (laughs) you know just go ahead and knock the thing out um the other thing i would say is um the 21 year old is well, well well I do think I, I I squeezed a lot out of that 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 uh, lemon and that and that lime and that orange. Okay, I think I exhausted that bad boy because I did all the internships and all that stuff because I had a game plan kind of like I had to do it right. It wasn't no luck like I'm not just here for the ride, baby. I'm, I'm gonna get something out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that um, as a 21 year old, you know, I wasn't prepared for life to hit me that fast and that hard in the face. I probably would have really started preparing to even go to grad school and get that thing done early, man. It's hard to go. I didn't go to grad school until I was 50, gentlemen. And and part of it is because wow. life started. Yeah, I went to grad school at Vanderbilt at 50, bro. I got my degree at 52. And that was, boy, you talking about different, right? Brain don't work. That's exactly. very different. But, but my point is get that done and get that in, out in front of you. So now that your choices, you don't get limited by the fact that you don't have a degree in this. You know, now, you know, there's people that are looking at and asking me about head of school jobs and things like that. You know, the challenge through there is simply how many people do you get to Im- impact and empower as a head of school versus a person that does what I do, right? I, a ta- a, I've never been motivated by money other than having enough to, be, to take care of my responsibilities. You know, I've never been motivated by titles. I just never have been. I've just been motivated by making sure that I have significance in my life and more importantly, helping other people for sure, right? I've been more motivated by that, which is scary for a person that came up the hard way. But I've been able to find a way to, to leverage things, to have enough, right? I don't want to be looking over my shoulder. But yeah, I would, I would tell my 21-year-old self, um, number one, nobody's going to value you more than you value yourself. So don't ever sell yourself short. You are worth more than whatever they're going to say because they don't even know that you're different, right? And it's your job to show how different you are, which means the other thing I would tell my 21-year-old self is read more, write more, reflect more. Because here's the interesting thing. I'm in the process of trying to write a book. And it's harder to, you know, I got all these stories, but boy, if I'd have been writing them all along and just journaling a little bit, who knew that, you know, this stuff that would be useful for someone, because just like right now, this content right here is useful. We're reflecting. But mm-hmm. at that age, I didn't reflect enough. I just did the next thing, did the next thing, try to keep going. I didn't stop and go, what did that mean? What's mm-hmm. the significance of it? Let me replay that for a second. What did I learn from? I just kept it moving because life was serving that stuff hot and ready. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would I would pause and slow down and I would think, 
I would probably zoom out a little more at 21 because I was like, let me just have a job, man. I can't graduate. <laughs> you feel me? I, yeah. I would I would play the long yeah. game a little earlier and I would probably again get get my grad degree. Um, and then I would definitely every day just sit down and write and 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 read more. Cause every time I read something, man, it, it feels like like I took one of them Pac-Man power pellets, man. I read something and I'm ready to rock with it, man. I got, man, I got 15 more things to write now because I read something. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Now I'm energized like yes, Pac-Man, sir. sir. Yes, sir. This hey, has been man. fascinating, man. Isn't that what we do, though? <laughs> right? It's what we, we do. We created yeah. fire. We created fire, bro. <laughs> I mean, we create fire. We create fire. And again, you know, the other thing is how to control that fire. Because that's another thing that I learned, man, is that, you know, fire can do one or two things, right? It can warm you up, or it can burn you up. And, yeah. and sometimes the fire that particularly men have, the kind that can burn you up, can it burns others. You know, you over here yes. chilling, everything feels good, but somebody over there done got incinerated by the way you think you're loving them or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a hundred with you, man. I'm just saying that I, I, I think life teaches you a lot about is you know, when, when you finally reach the point where you can feel vulnerable and not feel like you, 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 you lost something by being that, then I think that's when you hold. And as a man, that's a long journey, man. That's, that's because, a challenge. Because our that's armor and our walls protect us, but we got to have some windows in that thing. Mm -hmm. A house with all walls is called a prison, bro. Mm -hmm. You got to have some, mm. you be captured in your own prison Instead of having some light coming in, y'all know what it's like to have good lighting in your home, like in, from them from them windows and good windows. You build a house, you are gonna put some nice windows in there, and, and get some light in there. It's a beautiful thing. We don't. So okay, we want to make sure that everybody who listens is one able to support you, yes. connect with you, and just the real underlying reason we're doing this is because we know there are people out there who are unaware of the amazing things that we're doing that one can help us move it along or we might help move something that they're doing along so that being said is there anything that you would like to share whether it's a social media handle website just yeah. something to promote to get it out there so people can reach out well, I actually created a website this year just because of this reason, because people kept asking me, even for, asked for a business card. I just texted them my, my website and they got it all, right? Mm -hmm. um, but but TroyKempSpeaks.com, right there, it has resources um, that people can use right now, doesn't charge them anything. I have, a, I have a white paper on there called Understanding Boys in the 21st Century. It's about mm. 60 pages, but it breaks down different aspects um, of, of, of what boys need today. Um, I have some some podcasts on there. I also have some videos on there. And I have a who I am, like in a nutshell, so people can know who they're working with and then even my services. So I'm a speaker, I'm a consultant, um, and I'm a coach. And, you know, no matter what you call yourself, I can have a title as head of school, but if I'm a head of school, I'm still a coach because I'm coaching that team to be its best so they can serve those those young people. I'm gonna go get the resources so so they can, you know, you and they're in the kitchen, the teachers in the kitchen cooking, the, the head of school says, make sure you got some good groceries and the stuff you need and the knives and the forks and the silverware and all that you need so you can be your do your best work. So those kids can have the meal of their lives every day, right? So what I so again, I created TroyKempSpeaks.com and then my uh, social media handle is 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 Troy TF Kemp Senior. TF is in Frank, TF Kemp Senior, and that's on Twitter and on IG. Um, I don't have like a, a corporate Facebook page yet, but um, I may not even do that because people own everything else. Um, but I would think that if they went to the website, one, they're going to get some resources. If they went to IG, they can go in my um, bio and get the link tree that'll take them to the other stuff. But, you know, I want to share stuff, man. My, you know, again, if it's passive or it's active, um, Troy Kemp speaks. One of the things they can do is if they have a school that their child attends or a school or, you know, it's a parent community. It could be a religious organization. I've worked with police. I've done work with police on how to how to really talk about conflict resolution with young men so they don't have to lock them up or put them in the ground. Right. Um, so educational organization, parent groups um, and also any kind of civic or, or law enforcement reach out to me, go to my website and see, I have lists of some of the topics I talk about, but if it's something that you want to create yourself that's specific to your organization, um, you know, it's a custom thing. 
Um, and, and again, I travel all over the country and all over the world doing this and I do virtual. So, you know, with COVID, man, I, you know, I did 40 virtual deals and you know what? Right. I can make it move on screen, baby. I know how to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I the, hey, I work at the Ron Clark Academy. We invented the game like yes, that. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so the virtual, we can make it pop and be engaging for, uh, for literally hundreds of people at a time. I just need to see some people's faces on the screen. I don't like doing that webinar stuff. I want to see somebody, you know, when yeah, I get, to, man, get some of that virtual energy. Yeah, yeah man, we, we can do it, man. And most of the time I'm sitting down right now, but normally I'm standing up and I stand up when I present because it keeps me active, but I can move, man. We're going to do this thing. I want them ready to run through the screen when it's over. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Um, any, any last words before we wrap up, sir? Yeah, let, my last words is this. You know, I, I say this on my website, but if I had to summarize who I am and, and what I've done and, and the reason why it's worked for me is my commitment to getting better at getting better. Some people say getting better, but getting better, getting better means get better at something, but, this, but look back and design. When orchestrate your life or experiences by design, just like we talked about critical race theory, there was a design to keep a certain uh, group of people people oppressed so that other people can thrive in certain ways. And then now it's like, oh, we weren't doing that back in the day. Or yeah, we did, but let's not talk about it, whatever. What I'm saying is let's look at it in a positive light. How do you design your life? How do you design the experience for the people you work with? In my class, if I have music playing, when I come on, every meeting I host, I have music playing on. Why? Because they don't even know what I'm going to say, but they're going to feel some kind of way before we even get started, mm -hmm. right? So so that's, that's, that's a systemic thing. I do that all the time. It's not, I'm feeling good today. No, I got my playlist ready. Right. So I got certain things set up so that 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 I don't there's no accident for no accidental success. And so for me, I've done that for myself personally, from making my bed in the morning to if I'm going to go run and put my shoes in the room, I don't put them in the closet because I got to step over them to get there. Right. I'm going to lay my why do you lay your school clothes out in, at night so you don't have to find them in the morning? Mm. You feel me? So, so what is that version for anybody listening to this, looking at your life, looking at who you work with, the business that you run or whatever, what's your version of putting the school clothes out at night so you don't have to iron them or find them in the morning so that everybody can have success with no stress? Success with no stress. We're going to wrap it up right there. Um, can't can't uh, have a better drop the mic moment than right there. So on that note, uh, TK, I just want to thank you. Really, 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 really appreciate you being one of our guests and uh, all the jewels you done dropped tonight. Really appreciate that. Man, and my pleasure, bro. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, man. Y'all yes, doing big things, baby. I love y'all listening to me, but I see how y'all doing, man. And that's what I loved about LinkedIn and all the rest is that Man, we creating fire everywhere. Everybody getting warm where we at. Yes. They so ready. Let's, let's continue ready. to get it. Let's continue <laughs> to get it. So for our listeners, thank you. Uh, really appreciate all the support. This has been another amazing episode of Aftergate powered by the Defy Life Network. And just make sure you check us out on all our platforms. Let's continue to shout out our Colgate interns, Kathy, sure. Izzy, Sophia. Big ups to y'all. Appreciate all y'all love and support. And um, yo, just please check out all the many episodes that we got to follow. And on that note, peace. Take care, everybody. Yes, sir. You hear that? Listen closer. That, my friend, is the deafening sound of focus. It drowns out all the useless noise that can clutter the moment. Naysayers don't exist. Haters, smaters, the peanut gallery. Who's that? When you in your zone, all that noise and all that buzz is just elevator music. So, enjoy your journey, focus on your goal, and bask in the quiet roar that is progress. Because when it's your time to shoot that shot, spit that verse, or close that deal, the only voice that matters is yours. Defy life. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.